All right, are we starting all over? Yes. First thing we just did was a disaster, so now this is a new one. Anyway, <laughs> we're I'm back with we're back with uh, our Roman study. We're going to be doing Romans chapter two today. Um, I know, like I said, we are doing this one as a kind of a, a suggestion by uh, somebody in the church that we had. It's like, why don't you do a Roman study after a uh, some issues arose um, with people that are a little bit too involved in the cares and affairs of this world and they don't want to give it up. So um, I can't think of any other better book than Romans than where uh, the Apostle Paul here puts um, everybody, all believers I think across the board into their place here in the first couple chapters of Romans. Um, there's huge debate on exactly who Paul is talking to on this because it's kind of an open letter. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse in chapter two though, um, the, the thought that I have of it is this just goes across everybody across the board. Um, he's not talking about, he, he's talking about some specific things, but he's making a general point here of, of this. And, this is actually where we build a lot of our theology off of is, is Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes from Romans. Um, Chapter two here is a good example of that. He's coming after coming off of chapter one. He's talking about believers who are not really believers at heart, but they are claiming to be, uh, believers and they're judging other people for the sins of of other people and other things saying okay well i'm a believer i don't do that thing i'm better than this um but he's going paul saying um no you're you're no better f- than than yep. a sinner themselves because you're you're just just because you have the title you're calling yourself a believer doesn't make you uh free from god's righteous judgment so with that we'll start in chapter two um i'm assuming that before you started this bible study that you already prayed but if you haven't already go ahead and pause us for a minute pray ask the lord to speak to you in this and and make sure that you're not getting anything from me but uh you're testing it by the weight of of scripture itself and where the lord is leading you in it okay so starting in verse one Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Okay, we like to leave out that part of verse 1 in chapter 2, because we say, See, therefore, you have no excuse, O man, everyone who judges for passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Okay, that goes with judge not, least ye be judged. That's well, everybody. But the last part of Keep that. Keep reading. <laughs> there's, there's a comma after that because you, the judge, practice mm-hmm. the very same things. So you're out there calling everybody else out on their sin, calling yourself a believer, yet you've got some things that are hidden in the closet that you practice, even your thoughts, your actions, where your, where your heart is. Verse 2, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such, thing, practice such things. 
Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Please highlight that one and don't forget that one. Um, do you not, do you presume on the riches of his kindness? That's what I, I, I a point that I always try to make because we Christians like to walk around and pat ourselves on the back and talk about how amazing salvation is and how you know it's just all the love and happiness and different things like that. But then you like realize that you're like you got to understand that salvation and this whole thing to begin with. This was, this was all because of, of patience with not destroying you right away. Mm-hmm. And especially people that maybe have living a, um, a life for Christ, but in, and they have um, some things in their life that the Lord is trying that wants out of their life and he's they're saying well but i'm being blessed i'm doing everything right in the lord right because i've got all this stuff well maybe he's just giving you a little extra grace and kindness because he wants this stuff out of your life he wants it out but we always we just rely too much on the fact of our we you know we 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 just love our salvation which we should we are we safe but at the same time we we realize that the price it was it was paid to get it is not something that you walk around and should be abused and anything any kind of kindness and patience god is having you in a certain situation and especially if you know that it's wrong Mm -hmm. it's just him showing you kindness and mercy i know i've seen different things in my own life where i'm like man thank god you you had patience for me to get to this point right here because i totally see everything that I do and I totally see right then and there that I did not deserve that patience and this amount of time that it took me to get right so let's not rely on that and let's try to um, you know try not to abuse it verse 5 but because of your hard and impotent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed he will render to each one according to his works. Let me stop right here and, and backtrack real quick and say that Paul, when he is asking, do you presume on the riches of his kindness? This is also a very, very uh, direct statement to the Jews that could have thought that because they were Jews, they had some special standing with God and they didn't have to worry about it. You know, they, they thought that, well, we're Jews, we don't really have to be concerned with this so they were kind of relying on their that fact of it you know um thinking that that was going to save them so also there there is that in context but the also the the application to us and what we can get out of that is the same idea we we cannot abuse and and just expect that we deserve our salvation like that verse Continuing on in verse 7. Actually, I'll read 6 again just so we're keeping track here. He will render to each one according to his works. 
to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are seeking, self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. It's another one that we should put on a coffee mug. Yeah. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Verse 9, there will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. It does not matter. That's why I think that this this is a very broad application to people here. Every Everybody that, that disobeys God. It's not... Yeah not one particular group or one particular person it's everybody verse 10 but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good the jew first and also the greek for god shows no partiality for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law that will be justified. Obviously, this is a very directive statement to the Jews, directly to the Jews. 14. For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law themselves, even though they do not have the law. Verse 15. They show that the works of the law is written on their heart while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Okay, there's a lot to unpack in these in these in that little bit right there, but what what he's saying obviously is that the Jews, you will be judged by the law, but he's like, look at the you, you it's not by following the law that you're made righteous for God. It's by doing it. That's why the Gentiles, when they do it, who by nature don't even know God, that didn't even practice Jewish law, they were just, you know, disgusting Gentiles to them that they just... Pff. But when they just do the right thing, they're really obeying the law and they're really following the law. And this is also the broader application, I guess, for this is... Um, we have the conscience of the Lord. We have the Lord written on our hearts. We know God by our conscience. That's why no man has an excuse not to have a relationship with God because he's he is written. And that's why it's just, it's he desires all men to be saved. Otherwise, he wouldn't, Put a piece of himself on your heart and give you a conscience and have these conflicting thoughts of these things. You know when you're stealing something that it's wrong. Yeah. You know when you're, you know, we know adultery is wrong. You know that you shouldn't do, but why do you feel this way? Do you, it's, it's because that God is there and pulling you, trying to pull you to him. You make that ultimate decision whether or not you want to. So, even when we obey, we do good works out of our heart, we're simply identifying the fact that God exists and writes himself on our hearts. So that's why we have no excuse for not knowing him. And that's what, that's what Paul made very, very clear here as well. 
Verse 17. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment, embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So if the Jews are out there saying, look at all those sinful Gentiles doing their immoral stuff and stealing and doing all these other things. Do you steal? Do you do these things? It Maybe it may not look the same. Maybe you're not stealing things, but maybe you're stealing time. Maybe at your work, you time theft is a real, real life thing. It really is. Yeah. Maybe you're stealing your work's time. But yet you're going to go and call somebody a thief? Well, let, let's, let's take this to our American culture now. We'll sit and we've got CEOs at the top of companies, you know, fudging numbers all over the place. Then getting on and condemning some, some guy that robbed a liquor store and say, ah, oh, what a stupid criminal and dirty, yeah, put him in jail and all these other things. It's like, yeah, but do you do that? Mm-hmm. Just because it may not be as obvious and, and as, it as, looks, it looks a little way, yeah. bit different. That's what Paul's point is here. But he's saying, to, so the Jews, God's whole name was blasphemed because of the example that they were setting by being hypocritical and going, oh, look at all these, and, and being loud. Everybody knew the Jews because their God, everybody knew God. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we don't, we don't really like to mess with that one. And they saw and they knew what they acted like, but they're like, well, wait a minute. They're the exact same as we are, but yet they're saying that we're the, the dirty, disgusting, vile ones. Mm-hmm. They're doing the exact same thing. That in the name of God, the name of God has been blasphemed among the Gentiles because of that behavior. The same thing goes for our life when we as Christians go out in our bowl and are saying these things and then in the privacy of our own we're actually doing them. Or if we label ourselves Christian and then just do it shamefully, like we don't even care. It's shameless. Completely shameless. All right. Again, Paul's going to continue here in 25. They're like, hey, yeah, we're Jews, so... All of this stuff that we have and all this practice that we do is so much of value of our, this is how, you know, we're saved and, and we're good. But verse 25, for circumcision indeed is a value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. 
but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. That, that is pretty clear on um, Paul speaking to this audience in Rome here. I don't understand where we get the necessity uh, to follow, you know, the, the hardcore Hebrew roots movements and, and this types of thing. Uh, we know that none of this none of this matters in practice. It's all about the heart. All these were just exactly that practice to show symbolization of a of a deeper meaning. But it all goes down to the heart. And again, it's our it's our same the the way that we apply this to us today right now is nobody is a follower of Christ just inwardly. We are outwardly. It shows in our spiritual fruit in what we do and what we say. Um, not just in not just in what we actually believe and, and claim to believe. So that was chapter two. Thanks everybody for it was a pretty it was a short one this week. A good one. But it was a good one. And we'll continue on uh, with three next week.